mirror, mirror on the wall. I want to welcome you to God Size Living, the podcast. Today, we're, we're going to talk about mirrors, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking. In fact, I got to say this, I'm kind of interested to dive into this concept with you today. Uh, I'm going to be kind of putting some questions on the table. I, I want to use these questions to just help us maybe expand our thinking a little bit. So let me, let me give them to you. Question number one. Uh, let's just think about this today. How many times a day do you look into the mirror? That, that's question one. Think about it. How many times a day do you look into the mirror? Question number two, are you sure? Uh, it kind of depends upon how you define the term mirror. I mean, if you're thinking about a physical mirror, maybe not, not so many times, but are there other kinds of mirrors in our lives? And then question number three When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? Uh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of dive back into uh, the second chapter of the story of Daniel. Kind of pick up where we left off last week, where I I think we kind of set the stage for for God setting what I'm going to call a great big mirror in front of King Nebuchadnezzar. God had brought into the life of Nebuchadnezzar, a whopper, and I mean a whopper of a nightmare. I kind of started thinking about this this week. Uh, I don't know if you have nightmares. I'm, I'm kind of thankful that uh, in my life, I really don't have a lot of nightmares. From time to time, I do. But there is one that is kind of reoccurrent. I've, I've had it more than once, and it's kind of stuck in my, my mind. Maybe you've experienced that. So for me, my nightmare uh, always begins the same way. I'm walking across a frozen body of water, like a lake. And I mean, I am careful. I'm I'm kind of measuring my steps out. Here's where I'm going to step. Not too much pressure. Okay, now lift your foot up. And then all of a sudden you hear it. The, The ice cracks and it breaks and splash. I go down into the water. And I'm underwater now and I'm looking up and I can see this hole, right? I can see some light coming through and I know, I mean, I know I have got to get back to that hole and get up out of it in order to get air, breathe and, uh, and live. Uh, but here's the problem. I can't, Uh, I'm caught up in this current. It's pushing me through, through, it's just pushing me, pushing me further and further away. And I mean, as hard as I swim, pushing myself towards that hole. I can never reach it. Over the years, I've asked, I've asked uh, counselors, what, what's up with this dream? And most of them have said the same thing to me. They'll say, I, I think the dream's about control. Look, you, you, you always want to be in control. You're careful, um, you're measured steps, but there's always going to be something that happens in your life that you do not have control over, the ice breaks. And you're underwater and you're trying to regain control. You're trying as hard as you can, doing everything you know how to do. You cannot get control back. And you wake up in a cold sweat. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, probably the, the counselors are right. I do love, uh, I do love control. But, but here's the point. Think about what dreams are. Dreams are something that God has given us to use in our lives. Uh, I, I like social sciences tell us that our dreams are our minds at work through the night 
trying to solve issues and problems in our life. And it's fascinating how this works. Our minds literally translate our problems into uh, visual symbols. I call them puzzle pieces. And we're working to put the puzzle together. And it's why so often we'll, we'll go to bed with a problem in our mind and we'll wake up in the morning and we'll go, aha, I've got the answer. I, I, I've solved it. Your mind literally solved it at night. In other words, dreams are part of our biological uh, makeup. So they're the way that God made our, our minds to solve puzzles going on in our lives. But not always. I want you to think about this. In the Bible, there are many times that, that dreams occur supernaturally in people's lives. In other words, God gives them. And that's exactly where I believe we meet King Nebuchadnezzar in 608 B.C., Uh, God has sent this nightmare into his life. So what were the puzzle pieces? Remember them with me. They're kind of interesting. This dream, this nightmare begins with this gigantic statue of a man. So I just want you to picture that in your mind. But the man is made up of different types of metal. Remember, his head is made up of gold. His arms, his chest are made up of, of silver his thighs, bronze, his, the rest of his legs are made up of, of iron. His feet are, are kind of a mixture of iron and clay. And you look at this thing and you're like, what in the world is it? Well, that, that's what the king was thinking. What is this? And no one, no one who counseled the king could answer the question. Now enters Daniel for three years. Remember this, for three years, he's been struggling. God who am I? Why, why am I in Babylon? Why am I serving a pagan king? You took me away from Jerusalem, away from my home, away from my dreams, away from my life. God, I am useless. I am worth nothing. I'm a slave. And God comes to Daniel and says, Daniel, stop. This is why I made you. I put you here in Babylon at this time for this reason. Daniel, I'm going to use you to influence arguably the most powerful man on earth at the time the book of Daniel is being written, the king Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel is going to provide an interpretation to the king. Now, here's, I'm going to read it. I just want to read this section of of Daniel chapter 2. And I want you to hear Daniel's interpretation. What is the statue? Why are these metals? And, and I, I, I want you to think of it this way. Picture Nebuchadnezzar listening to this interpretation with a great big mirror right in front of him. Because I, I really do believe that is how God is using this dream, this nightmare, as a mirror to show Nebuchadnezzar who, who he is. Let's read. This is Daniel chapter 2, beginning verse 36. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. I invite you uh, to read this in your Bible or just listen. Uh, Read out of whatever translation you'd like. Verse 36 begins, this was the dream. Now we tell the king its interpretation. I notice he says, now we tell the king its interpretation. Daniel is not alone. The Holy Spirit is with him. Verse 37, you, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the might, and the glory, and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell the children of men, 
the beasts of the field, the birds of the, the heavens, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar, you're that. That's you. You're the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you, that's silver, shall arise after you. Now, now we believe that, that that silver kingdom that rises up inferior while this is being written, but it will rise up and become superior is what is Persia. In verse 39, it says, another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you. Yet a third kingdom of bronze. Now, again, history would tell us that bronze kingdom would be the kingdom of, of Greece, Alexander the Great. And, and it goes on to say, uh, verse 39, which shall rule over all the earth. And indeed, Alexander the Great uh, made made Greece, the Greek empire, uh, ruled the entire earth at his time. Uh, but did it fall? Yes, it did. Verse 40 says, and there shall be a fourth kingdom. Strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes it, it shall break and crush all of these. Well, what nation rose up and overcame uh, even the empire of Alexander the Great? Well, that would be the Roman Empire. This is, this is the iron legs. And he goes on, he says, as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. And, and Rome became a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the, the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. This is just describing Rome. Verse 43, as you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. Even Rome would fall. Verse 44. And in those days, the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. This is important. That shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end and it shall stand forever. Now we're talking about not a kingdom of men, but the kingdom of God. Here's, here's what I want you to, to think about. Picture Nebuchadnezzar. He's got this mirror in his hands. He's hearing the interpretation of this dream. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. What is God saying to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? I'm the greatest. I'm the king of everything. I rule the entire world. Well, guess what? That's not always going to be true. Your kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar, is going to crumble. Persia will rise up, the silver, and will crush you. And, and then it will be overcome. And then, and then the Grecian Empire overcome. And here's what I want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar. There's only one kingdom that will never be overcome. It's not a kingdom of men. It's the kingdom of God. And so Nebuchadnezzar, I got to tell you this, God is saying to him, you're looking in the wrong mirror. You're looking in the mirror of the, of the world. And I want you, I need you to be looking into the mirror of the word, my word. Don't allow the world to tell you who you are. Don't allow people to tell you. Who. Look into my word. Allow me to tell you who you are. Nebuchadnezzar, I want you to see yourself through me. Isn't that so true for us today? I, I, I want to come back to these questions. Um, when I when I think about this, this whole scene, 
it, it just causes me to ask people, what, what mirror are you using right now to see yourself through? Now, there, now, obviously, there's physical mirrors. We look into them every day. Is my hair straight? Is my tie straight? Is my blouse buttoned properly? Do I have spinach between my teeth? Yeah, that's, that's apparent. That's obvious. But there are other mirrors. In fact, psychologists tell us that the number one mirror people look into, myself included, is guess what? Other people. We try to see ourselves through other people. We use other people as a mirror. We look into their eyes. We're asking questions. I, am I acceptable to you? Do you like me? Do I fit in with you? And I'm not so sure that's all that healthy. I, I like one psychologist came up with this little saying. It's kind of kind of fun. He says, he says it this way. I, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. You have to you have to say that a few times and think about it. But really, what it what it means is, I'm looking at you to try to understand who I am and am I acceptable? Do I do I like myself? It's the wrong mirror. As as are I believe social media platforms. Uh, we all know what Facebook is. It's a social media platform. We we use it. We we we're kind of scroll down it and look at pictures and what everyone is doing but there's more going on and i hope we'll acknowledge that this thing is a mirror for us we're we're looking at it but we're asking ourselves the question do i look as happy as them am i having as much fun as them uh do, do i seem as important as them do i look as good as them i'm we're asking those questions as we look into this thing in other words there are mirrors of the world that we continuously are looking into to define ourselves. And God says, stop. I got a better mirror. It's my word. My word, not the world's word. Let my word define you. Let me come back to this. Do you like what you see right now when you look into the mirror? If you're looking into the world's mirror, chances are good right now you don't like yourself. You, you say to yourself, you know what? I could be more. I need to be more. If you're looking into the world's mirror, you'll find yourself just struggling. What, what should I be doing? How can I do it differently? I'm just going to invite you to use a different mirror. Allow God's word to be your mirror. Because in it, he's describing the fact that when he looks at you, he sees He sees who he sees himself. You're made in his image. When he, when he looks into to you, what does he see? He sees someone made for himself. And for works that he he made for you from before the very beginning of time. And when we're looking into the mirror of the word, we begin to see ourselves in a different way. I, I'm a person who, who God loved enough to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pay for your entire life on a cross. And, and I'm a person who has value and worth and purpose. And those purposes are embedded not in what the world's telling me I should be doing, but in who God has called me to be. I just think this dream uh, sequence in the book of Daniel is so significant to us because it's showing us uh, not only who Nebuchadnezzar is, but a, a little bit of our ourselves as well and inviting us to use a new mirror. Well, that's it for this week. We're, we're going to get a little bit deeper into that uh, dream interpretation and, and kind of move on from there. 
but I thank you for joining me. I hope this is helpful to you. If it is, would you would you rate it? It it sure helps us. We get uh, when we get five star ratings, that that just helps move this podcast forward. I, I always want to say, if you've got a friend or a family member who you think would benefit from this, just pass this on to them. I'm going to be praying for you this week. I ask you to pray for me, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.